of my life and, and the past of my life and, and everything each and every day to make it for good. Now, uh, for the longest time, I've struggled with that and I still struggle with it. But as God began to deal with me in this verse and, and what he's uh, opened my mind to, my gosh, I mean, he, uh, I, I'll be honest, uh, if you don't get anything from it, I really don't care because this has absolutely just blown my mind and how God is operating. And if you are going to take notes and if you are taking notes, then uh, the title of this morning's message is Operating in Blessing. Operating in Blessing. So uh, let's go to prayer of Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, where we're going to be. Dearly Father, man, we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you so much that uh, you saw our need in our darkest hour. And Father, you met that need. And I believe you are still meeting needs today. And I believe you still want to meet a need this morning. So Father, we come to you in expectation of faith uh, that once again you would show us what needs to be done, and that way we run to your feet and lay it at an altar of prayer to, Father, allow you to do what only you can do, and once again remove this curse which, which we're operating under. Father, we thank you for who you are, we thank you for who we are in you, and we thank you for your presence here this morning. In your son's precious name we pray, and amen. amen. Galatians chapter 3, so I'm going to say something. Oh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ hath redeemed us, redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Let's just talk for two seconds before I continue. Uh, It says the curse of the law. Now, what was the law for? It was to show uh, the perfection of God that it took to show what God asked of us, what he commanded of us. And then showed us that it is impossible to live up to that expectation. The law was a curse once again. It was perfect, but it was weak because we can't do it. Thankfully, Jesus Christ came not to do away with the law, but to fulfill it every jot and every tittle. But that's what he did. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. Because I don't know how many times I've been told by the devil and by people around me, you're just not going to do it. You're just not good enough. Uh, Just expect failure. This is what it is. But God says right here, Paul says, that Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now I have to understand one thing. You are only operating in in one of two categories. You are either operating in blessing or you are operating in curse. There's nothing else. Deuteronomy 11, 26 and 27 says that. Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which you have not known. Now you might say, as I have said in times past, when you hear that word curse, you say, well that's kind of magic, hocus pocus kind of stuff. I don't like talking about curses. That's that, uh, that's not what I think of when I think of Christianity. Well, can I tell you this morning, you're wrong. God's word says literally, that is what happened according to the fall of man. Genesis 3 and 7 says, 17 says that. But God said unto Abraham, he said, because thou hast not hearkened, hast thou not hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and thou hast eaten of the tree of which I command thee, saying, thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground of thy, for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of your life. That's what happened. 
Because of the fall of man, the ground was cursed. Because of the fall of man, we were cursed. Because of, you know, whether you're a good moral person, whether you're living a, an adequate life, and the fact of the matter, you're operating without Jesus Christ is to operate in a life that is cursed. It's true. And God says, I set before you blessing and curse. You have to choose one or the other. Because I don't want to be ignorant. This is not all we see here in the flesh and blood. All we see on the surface. He says that we fight not against flesh and blood. But a principality, powers and powers and, and uh, dark places and, and high priests and wicked, high, wicked places. But we see that throughout. So I want to turn to 2 Kings chapter 2. Second Kings chapter 2. So the story is Elijah and his protege Elisha. And Elijah gets taken up. Chariots of fire. And before he leaves, he asks his protege, Elisha, if I can give you anything, what is it that you would want? And Elijah says, I would like a double portion of your spirit. Elijah had a, an unbelievable spirit of God. The spirit of the Lord was upon him. Elijah said, I don't want anything else. I don't want your reputation. I don't want your, you know, uh, your, uh, any trait. I want your spirit. I want a double portion of the spirit that God had put on him. So sure enough, he gets taken up. The men that are with Elisha believe that he's probably going to go and fly around for a little while and drop on a mountain somewhere. So they ask him, Elisha knew what had happened. But they kept on pushing Elisha, and they said, fine, go ahead, and, and, and go ahead and look and see if you can find them. Now, the area, according to what it says, starting in verse 17, was the area around Jericho. So anyways, it says this, verse 17, and when they urged him till he was ashamed, he said, sin, they sent therefore 50 men, and they sought three days, but found him not, Elijah. And when they came again unto him, for he tarried at Jericho. He said unto them, Did I not say unto you, Go not? And the men of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of the city is pleasant. Meaning the external, what it looks like on the outside. Look what they say right here. But the water is not, and the ground is barren. The water mean not being poison. It's not being able to produce anything that you can eat out of the waters. And the ground was so barren that he couldn't produce anything out of the ground. So I imagine these men went and they went into Jericho and they looked around for a portion of time and they came back and they said to Elisha, Elisha, uh, I'm just, we just, something weird's happening in the city. On the surface, man, everything looks fine, but when we stayed a little bit longer, man, nobody's fishing, nobody's farming, there's nothing being produced in this place. Now, I want you to understand this. We all know the story of Jericho, typically the children's story of Joshua and the walls of Jericho. So we know the story. They circled around the walls of Jericho seven times, and sure enough, the walls fell in. Well, in Joshua chapter 6 and verse 26, uh, God told Joshua to put a curse on Jericho. And literally, it says right here in Joshua 6 and 26, And Joshua adjourned them at the time, saying, Cursed be the man! Before the Lord that riseth up and buildeth the city Jericho, he shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn, and in his youngest son shall he set up the gates of it. So uh, Joshua says, here's the deal. The walls have fell down. If anybody's dumb enough, if anybody's evil enough to try to rebuild this city, I want you to understand what this curse will do. And it says that the minute they begin to lay the foundations of Jericho again, you will lose your firstborn son. 
And the minute if you are stupid enough to continue even further than that, the minute you begin to open your gates, you will lose, lose your youngest son. So a few years later, there's a gentleman by the name of Hile the Bethelite. We see it in 1 Kings chapter 16. He was that guy. He was evil. And he said, I will rebuild Jericho. And sure enough, the curse was right. He rebuilt the foundations and lost his firstborn son. And he was still evil enough, if that wasn't enough, to continue. And he built it to the point where he opened the gates at the cost of his youngest son. Now theologians believe that somewhere between 300 and 400 years from the time in Joshua chapter 6 when the curse was placed on Jericho to where we see, where we pick up in 2 Kings where Elisha and the men are talking about this place, Jericho, and how something's not right about it. Think of that for a second. Operating in a curse for 300 to 400 years. And you might be here this morning and all your life you've been told what? You're a failure. What you see is what you get. You will never be anything but what you are. Because your father was that way. Because your mother was that way. Because their parents were that way. On and on and on. I imagine the people of Jericho. <laughs> it got to a point where they said it's not even worth trying anymore. And I can tell you this morning, you might be there. Say, it's not even worth trying anymore. But can I give you a new word? <laughs> we talked on Wednesday night about prophecy. But simply to assert a statement above another statement. The devil's got a lot to say, but I'm telling you, he has no authority. But God has a new word. <laughs> so 300, 400 years operating. So Elisha, uh, the men come to Elisha because he was in Jericho. And he said, listen, there's something. It looks pleasant on the outside, but man, the ground is barren and the water is not. And look what Elisha says. Look at verse 20, 2 Kings chapter 2 again. And he said, bring me a new cruise for a second. I'm just going to have to tell you this. Uh, I hate to tell you this, but you cannot operate uh, outside of this cursed lifestyle, number one, without Jesus Christ. But it's going to take a new mindset. It's going to be renewing your mind. That's what Romans 12 and 1 says, to, to renew your mind, to not be, not be conformed to the world, but be transformed. That's what we have to have, this new mindset. So Elijah says, unto him, bring me a new cruise and put salt therein. And they brought it to him. And he went forth. Because once again, this is not something you can do. You can't go to your family practitioner. You can't go to a surgeon and say, oh, I, I, I'm diagnosed with this curse. Can we set up an appointment that you do surgery and remove this curse from my life? It is only something that Jesus Christ says in Galatians 3 and 13 that he did it. He redeemed us. He removed the curse by putting it on himself. That's what Calvary shows. Cursed is every man that hangeth from a tree. So he says, uh, and he went forth unto the springs of the water and cast the salt in there. And said, thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death nor barren lands. <laughs> if I was just... A Jerichoian? I don't know what they would be called. But if I was a resident of Jericho, and I happened to be around in, in listening distance to what Elijah said, what did he just say? Never again? It took him two seconds to remove a curse that had been on the city for 400 years? Yeah, good luck with that. I've been operating in this place for years. We've brought people in. We've tried different things. We've tried to plant different crops. And sure enough, every single year, nothing good 
happens. And Elisha comes and brings a new cruise with some salt, puts it in the springs of the water and said, this is what the Lord said. Never again will there be death or any barren land. Can I tell you right now, Jesus Christ in one prayer, one sincere prayer from the heart can remove a curse from your life. Once again, there's only two, two categories. So if you are no longer operating in a curse, then you are operating in blessing. And that's good news. There's nothing in between. There's no in between. You're either operating in a curse or operating in a blessing. And this is what he said in verse 22. So the waters were healed unto this day according to the saying of Elisha which he spoke. That's what he said. That quick. And I can tell you because I'm proof of it. The easiest part. The easiest part is for the supernatural work of Jesus Christ to come into your heart and remove a curse from you. And that's when you can get to a place where you say, oh my gosh, even the bad days are blessings. Even when I get a flat tire, maybe he prevented me from getting in an accident. That, you know, this is that Romans 8, 28 mentality where everything works to the good because we are operating in a blessing. That's good news. That's the easiest thing. The easiest thing is what Jesus can do. The hardest thing is to operate and live in that. That new mindset. Because I don't know you, I'm in a good place spiritually, but there will be days when I still think I'm that same person. And the devil will still tell me I'm that same person. It's just a matter of time, Brad, before the bottom falls out. It's just a matter of time when you're backing that sin when you sin. That's that's what the devil does. And I imagine uh, nobody believed Elisha. Once again, that's not gospel. But I'm most curious if someone just said, we can stand around here, but I don't know about you. I'm going to throw a fishing pole in the water. See if he happens to be right. I don't know about you, but I've had this barnyard of seeds that have never produced anything good. Let's just dig a hole and see what happens. The easiest thing is to take your uh, your heart and allow Jesus Christ to come in and to clean it up and to, and to uh, remove that curse from me. I'm telling you, in just a few seconds, he can supernaturally do just what Elijah did. 400 years of a curse, Elijah comes in and says, never again. Yeah. <laughs> what? That's the easy part, folks. The hardest part is walking every day in that mindset. Every day in that mindset. That 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 mindset, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Completely new. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Turn to Psalms chapter 1. Because I'm sick and tired of being told it can't happen. It won't happen. Failure, regret, your marriage, your job, your finances. There's no fixing it. You've done too much damage. It won't work. And this is the thing I, I told the recovery house that I spoke at last week. And they didn't really want to hear it, that they're operating in a curse. Yes, it's decisions that we made. I'm not trying to take any light about decisions we made. But look at the area that we live in right now. I mean, every time we talk about the poverty... And we talk about the drug epidemic, and we talk about marriage not surviving, and we talk about everything over and over again. Yes, these are from decisions, but it's because we are living in a nation that is operating without Jesus Christ, living in operation, uh, a world where, once again, it's, it's a curse. And this is what we need to do is, is say, you know, it's, it's the 7th, uh, 2nd Chronicles 7.14. 
You know, if we would do what needs to be done, then he will forgive our sin and he will heal our land and to operate in that kind of blessing. But anyways, the first psalm, the first psalm, it's also reiterated in, in Jeremiah chapter 17, but it says in the first psalm at the beginning of the chapter, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law doth he meditate day and night. Because I'm telling you, this word produces something that the world cannot. This this is this contradicts the word that the devil speaks in my life. You're a failure. You're not really saved. You're really not that. And I say, well, I'm going to tell you what God's word says. But it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his in the law he doth meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree. Planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. But look what it says here. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That's not my word. That's God's word right there. That's what it says. That it will produce fruit. But to the point that literally uh, the leaf won't even wither. You know, every fruit tree has a season. You know, but this saying, listen, it'll be planted so deep because it, its roots are sunk into the river of the Lord. But the fact is that it will never even wither in whatsoever he doeth. So Jeremiah puts even a, a better spin on it. He says in Jeremiah 17 and 9, 7, blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be a tree as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river. And look right here. Once again, to operate in blessing, you don't turn it off. You're either operating in a curse and you're or you're operating in a blessing. And to operate in a blessing means that your whole life is working together for good. So it says right here, uh, for he shall be a uh, spreadeth out her roots to the to, by the river and shall not see when he cometh, but her leaves shall be green. And shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. <coughs> Listen, this takes everything off. Because we've talked about the before. So often we think, well, that everything is a season. Because Solomon does say everything's a season. And that is true. There is a season for everything and a purpose under heaven. But when it comes to our relationship with Jesus Christ and what he wants to do in our life, it is a operating in blessing that every day of every week of every month of every year should produce something good. You say that is contrary to where I'm at right now. The easiest thing is letting Jesus in. The hardest thing is walking every day saying, hey, I do not operate under a curse anymore. He's removed that from me. So if I'm not operating in a curse, then I'm operating and living in blessing. So what does that mean? Every single day, even if I have a bad day, you're going to use it for me to look forward to a good day. Even when I fail, it's just going to make victory even sweeter. Everything, once again, the, the tree will not cease to yield fruit. Seasons are gone. It does not matter. So you ask yourself, how do you live in that kind of mindset? I'm going to show you that this morning. Mark chapter 11. As you're turning there, imagine with me for a second. If we could produce naturally what Jesus Christ wants to produce spiritually for us. That listen, we could be a tree that's planted by the water. That even when the drought comes, even when the winter comes... The leaves never wither, and it never stops producing fruit. Imagine if farmers could find that kind of tree. Just say, we can't stop this thing. 
We come in one day, we gather all the fruit off the tree, we take it in. By the time we come back out, there's more tree. What are they going to say? We're going to give this stuff away. We're going to give this stuff away. That's what God wants to do, to pour out so much into you. But it's the hardest to get that mindset. So I'm going to tell you right now, the key is our proximity to Jesus Christ. This is the key to operate in blessing every single day. Is to stay close to Jesus. I imagine when the disciples walked with Jesus in his earthly ministry. Man, they saw a lot. Lunatics, devil possessed, palsy, blind, even the dead. But I imagine they said, as long as he's right here, we're good. (laughs) We've never seen him do anything but miracles when we're around him. So let's just stay real close and sure enough, we'll be all right. But Mark chapter 11, look what it says right here, starting at verse 12. And on the morrow, when they were come to Beth from Bethany, he was hungry, meaning Jesus was hungry. And I'm telling you right now, Jesus is hungry for people to walk in blessing. That literally when the bottom falls out of life, Your faith says it's greater than my situation. I'm going to cling to the Lord. I'm going to stay right. He's hungry for that type of person. Not the ones that when the minute, first minute of of hard time, the first minute of the devil attacking, we throw our hands up and say, that's it. I can't handle it. No, no, that's not what he's looking for. But it says he came into Bethany and he was hungry. It says, uh, and seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, having leaves, if happily, he might find anything thereon. It didn't say it needed to be overwhelming. He said, I'm just looking for something. I'm just looking for something. And what does he say to his disciples? If you just have a grain of faith, the size of a mustard seed, man, it's, it's everything. And he walks by, he sees leaves on the tree, and he says, surely happily that he might find something, some sort of fruit on this tree, thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. So I imagine that maybe there would be some grace extended there, that it's not the time of figs. You got there a week early, you got there two weeks early. If you would have showed up later, maybe you could have had something to eat. But So I would have said to him, he saw leaves, but he came because, and, and obviously he's Jesus Christ, so he's God. He would have known if it was the time of the figs or not. He would have known if it would have been ready to produce fruit. He came hungry. He said, I'm hoping to find something. Found nothing, but who cares? It wasn't the season for the figs to be produced. So I would think he'd be okay and walk off. But look what he said right here. Jesus answered and said unto him, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now scroll down with me at verse 19. Because I'm telling you, all that matters, the only way you're going to produce fruit for Jesus Christ, only way you're going to operate in blessing on us every single day basis, is due to how close you are to Jesus Christ. Remember the woman issue of blood? She reaches in and touches the hem of his garment. He says, who touched me? His disciples say, everybody's touching you. No, no, no. (laughs) Everybody thronged him 
but only one touched him. And you know as well as I do, there's a difference between showing up at church in the morning, showing up at, you know, praying over your meals, and then living a life close to Jesus Christ. He says this woman touched him, and the virtue came out of him. The power and authority came out, and at that moment she was completely healed. All that matters, if you want to operate in blessing, if you can forget about situation, you may not be given the best situation. But Psalms 1 and Jeremiah 17 says it does not matter if the drought's there, it doesn't matter if the heat's there, you will operate in blessing and you will produce fruit all the time. Galatians 3 and 13. He has redeemed us from the curse. Elisha said, never again. Never again. What do you mean never again? We got here sometime. There was a curse put on for you. And you're saying never again? But I'm telling you, that's what Jesus Christ wants to do. So we were looked at verse 19 of Mark 11. And when the evening was come, this was the next day, he had actually went into the temple and threw everyone out. That will speak to I can preach on that. They were trying to manufacture blessing, trying to manufacture peace, selling doves and all these things. And he turned over the table. You're not going to manufacture blessing. It's either through Jesus Christ or it's nothing at all. But verse 19 says this, and I'm going to have Caleb, if you've got an invitation, you come and start praying about it, come on up. And when the evening was come, he went out of the city, and in the morning, as they passed by, he saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. What was holding the, the tree in Psalms 1, the tree in Jeremiah 17 together? Because the roots had been tapped into a source that never ran dry. They come into verse 20, they pass by, and they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. I would imagine Jesus at that point would go into some amazing sermon about what just happened there. But in fact, he responds simply with four words. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Folks, can I tell you this morning, you might be operating under a curse. You might be living under regret and failure and sin. And it may not have been for a month. You might be operating that for years. And you've tried everything there is to remove it, to get out from under it. You've, you've sought help. You've sought medical advice. You've even talked to your pastor. But somehow you end up back in this sort of Jericho where nothing good is being produced in your life. Can I tell you right now, Jesus Christ came to give you a new word. Jesus Christ came to remove that curse from you. He took it upon himself that you may operate in blessing. I'm telling you right now, as they get an invitation, as she gets an invitation, you can come with a sincere heart, allow Jesus Christ to come in, say, I want it all. I want to spread my roots. I want to tap into the source that never runs dry. I want to have that Romans 8.28 mentality. I'm so sick and tired of what people have told me. I'm sick and tired of living a life that I've been trying to run away from. But it seems like every time I'm back in this same shape again. But I want Jesus Christ, I want to give you one chance. And I'm telling you, in in, in less than a minute, he can remove that curse from your life. 
And I'm telling you this morning, if you're a Christian, you say, well, I've already accepted Jesus Christ. But man, things are in my life right now that are falling apart. If it feels like I'm in a battle, I'm in a storm. Can I tell you right now, it's all due to your proximity to Jesus Christ. You're just believing a lie that the devil's told you. But the reality is that you're not under that operation anymore. The hardest part, the easiest part is what Jesus did. The hardest part is to wake up every day and say, this is what I'm operating in. God, I'm going to tell you what your word says. Your word says that that past is gone and I'm new. Your word says you're working all things together for good. Your word says blessed is the man that trusts the Lord and in whose hope it is. That's what we need to operate in every single day to have that new mindset. And I'm telling you, sometimes it takes a little bit of time right here at the altar. Get real close. And I know we're a little bit crowded this morning. So was the woman with the issue of blood. But you know what? She knew it didn't matter what it took. If I had to fight and and stomp and crawl, I'm going to get to that place where I need to touch my Jesus. Where I need to touch my Jesus. He can do that for you this morning. Years. Years. Maybe this morning I just feel like the Lord's telling Maybe your marriage is in trouble. And you've had it out. You've fought tooth and nail. And it's not gotten any better. And to the point now where you're operating in a simple thing that I guess this is what it is. It's just going to continue to get worse. And maybe you're like that at your job. I've been here and it's not getting any better. Maybe it's your spiritual life that, man, I've done everything. I read my devotion in the morning, but man, I'm just not where I need to be. Can I tell you right now, just a little talk with Jesus. It says he's passing by. He's passing by hungry. Happily that he might find something. Can I ask this morning, do you have just enough faith? Just enough faith to step out of the pew as she sings. Just enough faith to say, God, I want whatever you have for me. I'm sick and tired of operating in this failed mentality. But I believe you've got blessing for my life. Once again, he's from the foundation of the earth. Earth, He had a blessing for you. He had a plan for your life. That's not prosperity preaching. That's just good preaching. That's the reality. But what has happened is sin has gotten in the way. Devil has The devil has done his work. And you're operating in a mentality and a life that you should not be operating in. And I'm telling you, as quick as Elijah, through water, uh, through that cruise and salt in the water, is the same time it will take Jesus Christ to fix your problem. You don't take my word for it. You don't. And you can sit there. And you can go home. And tomorrow can be like today. And the next day can be like yesterday. And over and over and over again. But I don't know about you, but I'm looking for a new word. I'm looking for someone who's saying, man, I've got a blessing for you if you just trust me. So let us stand right now. Okay, will you come sing? We want to pray with you. You have a need this morning.